0: Come on in guys!
1: Matt Hamage and Jared Sundin back here for another episode of Talking Llama after a week off. Jared, it's only one week, but it feels a lot longer.
0: It sure does. You know, I, I was in Hawaii and um, you
1: Supposed remember nice. how,
0: yes, yes, it was. Um, you remember how Cochrane sunburned his feet and they blew up like balloons and he said he was in excruciating pain. How could I forget? Uh, I know I never will now so uh you can create some visual images in your head there but uh that part of it wasn't great
1: well here's the thing did you sunburn the bottoms of your feet or just no the just the top just the top that's brutal i've done that myself yep yep the, the bottom is another level though
0: oh okay well hey i should count my blessings then
1: i'll find the positive all right um so we got our second rank season just two two of these season ranking episodes left um, but of course got a little bit of international talk at the top um, missed you know quick touching on survivor South Africa so a couple episodes there they just had as we're recording this their merge episode which was an all-timer all of survivor just absolutely incredible hard to go into it without really getting into it with just with with the moves and what the end result was and how everything played out, but super fun. The cast is, is still bringing it. Um, so my, my weekly plea to people to start watching Survivor SA.
0: Give me your account info uh, when, when
1: we're done. Um, I'm in. We'll, we'll get you set up. We'll get you set up. Okay. I think you've already got it. Actually.
0: I probably do somewhere. We've uh, buried in a long string of text between <laughs> you and me, but it's, it's probably there.
1: And then Survivor Australia brains versus brawn. They started as we're recording this, they're five episodes in. Um, and their recording schedule, not that I go too in depth into the international on here, but I may not talk a lot on Australian just because so we record on Monday nights, but we don't post till or publish till Thursday. And Australia airs Monday, Tuesday or Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So by the time the our episode comes out, we're an entire episode cycle behind on Australia. Um so I might touch on it if something big happens or have to merge. Uh, but just here just here to start, um, I like the cast, strong cast to start. One of the bigger characters went out. Episode one was disappointing. Um, there was a t- what I thought was a terrible, terrible twist um, in, slash advantage in, in the first episode, which made me a little worried that that's how it was going to start. Where could it go? But and it has not been an issue after that unfortunate. I know some people liked it. Um, I wasn't a big fan, but seemed a little overpowered for how how early in the game it was. I've got my full thoughts on it. I'm still recapping um, along with Survivor SA, the Australian season, doing weekly recaps rather than end, every episode just to keep my sanity a little bit in check. Um, so those are typically going to be out Wednesday, Wednesday. Um, mornings probably um but again lots of fun it's in the australian outback adding a different different twist to the to the season where the the environment is kind of a, a character in itself they're showing the the temperature some of these days getting up to you know they're doing in, in celsius so i think it's been like 115 degrees some days i mean it looks absolutely brutal but they're they're still they're still killing it um but on the u.s side this happened In between our recording and publishing of our last episode, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it, Survivor 41 has a premiere date, September 22nd, so just under two months. It'll kick off with a two-hour episode. They typically do that for the first one, either 90 or 120 minutes, so full two hours first week. If it wasn't official before, Jared, it is now.
0: Yeah, I I love that they're going with the full two. That's that's a great sign, I think, for Survivor fans.
1: Yep, I know I know Probst is is super high. I mean, when is he not high in a season before? I thought you were just gonna say
0: he's super high.
1: I mean, he's got that flow going. He maybe he could relaxed be. a little bit. Yeah. And anyone can use it these days. Um, but he has a little promo video out on Twitter and Instagram and everything where he's talking about how this is kind of a new era of Survivor that you can maybe even drop the four from the 41 and just call it Survivor one as if they're starting over we'll see he won't be the first time he's oversold something but that (laughs) is kind of his job is to get people talking and get them interested in in the season but any Survivor fans I don't really think it would matter what was said about the season we waited a long time and especially if you're not watching the international seasons even, you'll be waiting even longer. That once this thing comes back, fans are gonna just pounce on it. And hopefully, with those couple seasons, um, Heroes, Villains, and Kagayana, Netflix, maybe even drawing some new fans. So he does say it's gonna be, but what it sounds like the way he described it, it might be the, the hardest from like a gameplay, like physical, mental standpoint that they've done either ever or in a long time. So I'm interested to see how they actively work that into the game. Cause if it's the Island or the weather, they can't control that, but if they're actively changing the game, I'm, I'm very curious to see how they might go about incorporating that part of it. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I, you know, as long as it resembles the same game I've been watching for the last 40 seasons, I'm, I'm probably <laughs> going to be okay. But uh, yeah, it's, it seems like it's been a while since there was some really like brutal, brutal, brutal conditions.
1: Yep, and I'm I'm if it's as bad as or as prevalent as he as he is saying it is, I'm hoping it'll be apparent episode one of maybe not even necessarily how bad it'll be, but just how they'll go about it, and you know kind of might preview what they might be doing later on as the season goes on. Um, but again, September twenty second, our plan. You know, it's still about six weeks away. Things could change, depending on our schedule, But our pl- ideal plan would be record after the episode and, and keep our regular d- date of Thursday morning. But we'll keep that in check and see where see where things go. Um, and uh, we've with us skipping a few, couple weeks here and there. It's actually working out really well schedule wise. I think we've only got two weeks to fill um, with. So we've got our season two, then season one number one season next week. we got our second chance casting the brand steel simulation, which will probably be two episodes. I guess that'll go pretty long. And then a couple of weeks. And then at some point we'll have a preview preview show, depending when cast announcement and all that stuff comes out. But just something to keep in mind um, as we look ahead down the road. But without further ado, season 16, our second ranked season, Micronesia, also known as fan versus favorites, 2008, airtime one of course by the goddess herself for all sorts of reasons poverty shallow both mine and jared's second rank season probably many fans second rank season i don't think this ranking is going to surprise anyone but it's it holds that for a reason
0: yeah just up and down like from the first episode to the last episode i mean i don't know if there's ever really a dull episode in there um I mean, crazy stuff happening from, you know, gameplay to medical evacuations to love stories, Ozzy.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, it, it had everything you needed.
1: It even had some early cosplay with Fairplay showing up on the beach.
0: That was phenomenal. Like
1: Jeff Probst. Probst, if I feel like it's, it's usually hard to tell if he dislikes a player. He, he, it can be clear if he likes someone. Like he obviously loves Boston Rob. And there are other players that he that he adores, and occasionally you can get the hints of he's not a fan of this person. But with Fairplay, there there's no there's no <laughs> about it. He he cannot stand that guy, and Fairplay knows it and he plays into it. I mean, Fairplay's a wrestling guy. He's a fan. He's done some wrestling himself. He's playing the heel perfectly.
0: Yep, incredible. Um, I. One of the first notes in here is like, or at least that I have is how much would it have changed the season if fair play was like an actual player? Like how different would the season have been if it took that route?
1: That's interesting because I feel like, I mean, from an entertainment standpoint, I feel like it would have still been super high unless you're not a fair play fan. You know, because obviously yeah. we we touched on that when, he, you know, back in um his first season, Pearl Islands. And if you don't like fair play, having him for more than a couple episodes is probably going to be too much. But if you enjoy that kind of antics and that kind of clear villain character on the season that you can root against or root for up to a point, um, he, he was going to bring laughs and big moments like he would have without without a doubt. So I don't know it's kind of a fun speculation because I think it would have been still very fun, but it would have been a different feeling of yep. fun.
0: Yep. That's I agree with you completely. Uh just trying to imagine some moments of like fair play sitting on a jury watching Eric give away his necklace or like uh, as you know, Jason pulls out the stick. Like it just, like, it could have been wild.
1: Yes. And even even the few days, just a couple of days he was in the season. I mean, he, it was still pretty wild. I mean, he calls himself the best player ever up to that point since he played a perfect game in his first season. I consider myself the greatest player. I mean, don't care if he truly believes that I probably think he did at the time, but he knows what to say. Those, those are the kind of players that you need who can chew up, chew up time on the camera, get those great sound bites, and just, and just bring you in. And either you root for him because he's ridiculous or you root against him because he's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I think long-term, uh, probably best he went out early just because it gave a lot of other players that we weren't super familiar with some time to you know showcase what they have and, and let us get to know them. So I'm, I'm personally, I'm a fair play guy, but I'm glad it worked out this way.
1: Yeah, I think it, it gave the season a little room to breathe at that point because um, I feel like he probably would have or could have kind of dominated the airtime. A lot of confessionals. That's one of the problems that Australian survivor has right now. There's a one, one guy, huge character, hysterical, not playing the greatest game, but he's a great narrator. He's, he's just a goofball, a clown. He doesn't really realize it. He kind of does. but doesn't really great moments, great, Great sound bites, but it's at the expense of a lot of other players who kind of show flashes of their own own good personality. Um, but when this guy's on the screen, of course they're going to show him because it just makes sense. If you watch it, if you're watching the season, you know who I'm talking about right away. Um, but when someone goes out early on, like Fairplay does here, whether it's a a quit or not, which I think is up for debate. Um, it 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 gave you know, get we got a good good few shots of him right away off the bat then it gave a lot of other players time right away to kind of show their stuff a little bit too
0: yeah is that something we want to debate whether it's a quit or not or do we have too much to get to
1: well let's see what our opinions are what do you think just black if it, it might be a little gray but if you're gonna go black and black or white quit or no quit no quit i think i think it's a quit if it just went black and white, I would leave it at that. But I think there is a qualification. I think it's a quit like Jenna Maraska's in in All-Stars was a quit.
0: Okay. I think it was a no quit because everyone there was not convinced he was leaving. Like they didn't know what to do with
1: it. Okay. That's fair. That's so. fair. Yeah. But I don't know that we really yeah. – I don't feel super yep. strongly on my opinion, so I think we can – just curious. Just was curious. That's yeah. All. Yeah. Um, well, there's also on the fan side, like, I guess before we really get into it, what do you think of the fans versus favorites as a theme?
0: I think it's fun every once in a while. Um, worked out super well for them the first time they did it. So um, I guess and, and in Caramel, it, it worked fairly well, but very um, play well. well. <laughs> Matt that, Matt, probably the, Matt.
1: that was probably the proper reaction. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: um, well, yeah, I I've overall like the idea. Um, I don't. I'm glad that they kind of mixed them in. Like, well, how many episodes did they go before mixing it up? There wasn't a tribe swap before the merge, was there?
1: I don't think so. But I can double check that. Okay. Like.
0: So. Yeah, I guess that's um, that's one thing I wouldn't mind seeing. Then I, I would not mind seeing, like maybe a few episodes in, just just giving each tribe some time, but then kind of mixing people up before the merge.
1: Oh no, there, no, there was there. Okay, yeah, they did, okay. they did like the draft, like the pick them.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. Because I think the problem if you let it go too long is that the favorites all know each other already. Um, the fans, you know, that's really all they have is each other. And like, if you want any kind of interesting gameplay um, you got to do it before the merge, which I mean, in this case worked out and, and made for a pretty exciting season. I could see the concept not working out super well. If you just, kind of let it roll all the way to the merge and then kind of have a, uh, a, a situation where, you know, whoever has the numbers at the merge, it's just kind of over
1: from there. I, th- I think in the fans versus favorites type season, I, I like it kind of on the same page you are that I think twice in 40 seasons feels about right. They maybe yep. could have squeezed in a third, um, you know, in the mid thirties, maybe. But another one in the next five to ten seasons, I, I probably would be okay with, um, just just on principle. The actual ultimate cast, of course, would be, remain to be seen. But in terms of whether I would care if they did the theme in broad strokes, you know, let let their let Jeff Prope's new heir of Survivor get some legs under it first, and then maybe maybe bring it back. But I like it better. I feel like we probably touched on this briefly, like in the South Pacific type seasons. Better when they do it this way versus bringing back just a small handful of returning players, because they have such such a target on their back right away, just by being a returner, um, maybe a former winner, a former finalist, a beloved favorite. You know, I call that for a reason. That there's just an obvious target right away, and that this gives them one their own tribe where they don't have to worry about being targeted just because they're a returning player and just makes it makes a little more more interesting that way for me but um you know as far as themes go you know we both we've discussed this tons of times we're not really big on the theme it's more some mechanism to get the season going um this one obviously clearly plays more into it because there's a clear divide of the fans versus favorites you either are a fan or you're a favorite it's not like david versus goliath where you can beyond the Goliath tribe, but talk about your David tendencies or vice versa. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the same page there. Um, and I think Penner says it. I think it's this season. Yeah. We're, we're talking about how much, they, how much of an advantage they have as favorites or as returning players, I guess, I think you probably calls them favorites just coming out already knowing how, how the game works and not that it's a guarantee they'll get the a better shelter right away and they'll get fire going right away and, and all that. But it does give them a leg up out there. Cause I think um, I was listening to, I think there was the, the, one of the RHAP um podcast countdown and they got talking about Tyson and how on, so on blood versus water, he's drinking all the coconuts and everything like that with, with Jervis and part of his thinking. So the thinking goes is that they're not going to let us starve out here. So if we eat all these, and everyone else eats the rice, we're gonna get we're gonna get more rice, I'm not just gonna not give us rice. And it's that kind of mindset that that you can have that can give you a huge advantage yeah. coming into the game as somebody's played before.
0: I guess proven by Tyson uh it worked out well for him. So yeah, I, I think it's a good point. Um you know it's to me like even among the favorites, like you said, you're not going to get voted out just because you're a favorite, but even among the favorites tribe, there are people that are going to have bigger targets on their backs from the beginning too. Um, so it, it's never, I don't think it's ever like a perfect science, you know, trying to put together a tribe where like everyone has a, a fair chance right off the bat. But I think, right. Yeah. In, in this way, how they did it. Um, was about the best you could hope for.
1: Yeah, I think I would prefer either all new or all returning. Yep. But if they're going to do a mix, I prefer the the even split versus yes. the, the South Pacifics or the Edge of Extinction type where there's just, just a few, you know, one or two per tribe. Yep. But Agreed. Where does the Joel versus Chet rivalry rank in an all-time survivor? for you because that depending on how you feel about because joel is you could call him a bully i think that goes without saying and chet kind of was asking for it to a degree yeah, yeah. so you could you can you can kind of make the argument for or against either either person which makes it in my in my eyes more entertaining because you can laugh at both parties there i mean yeah Joel just openly and obviously hates Chet. <laughs> like <laughs>
0: it's, it's ridiculous. Ropes looks at Joel hating Chet and he's like, wow, I don't really hate fair play that much.
1: I think, yeah. I mean, they can be best friends compared, compared to that. I mean, um, it's, it's ridiculous. It's hilarious. You know, there, there's the, there's the two, I guess this one's Mikey B, but same kind of deal just kind of how some people viewed view chat at the, at the first vote, you blew it with your body, your brains and your heart. <laughs> just cuts them down. Um, Joel, th- this one is, is brutal from, from Joel in a confessional. If we went back to medieval times, I think we'd kill him ourselves. Oh my Like gosh. that one is brutal. Yeah. And then there, there's, there's my favorite, which we've referenced, um, you know, offline, several times is in the challenge <laughs> where you already know where, yeah. where they're they're roped together and they're playing like like tag pretty much so like an obstacle course and and it's chet and joel and and chet you can tell just is furious about it and and joel or the flip flip joel is furious and and chet um like falls and like hits his head and after they and this was in the the deciding point i think it was like two two or three three whatever and they lost to lose the reward and and chet i hit my head back there i don't care i know just just (laughs) like a go two second exchange and it like perfectly encapsulates the relationship between those two
0: yep yep just got dragged around an obstacle course and hits his head no sympathy (laughs) at all uh i don't know as far as best
1: rivalries i don't it doesn't do a lot. And it was kind of set in jest just cause it's, yeah. it's more, it's more so it's so started. It's one sided more so than any, like it's not like a Boston Rob Russell. rivalry. Yeah. It's yeah. It's Joel hates Chet, and Chet's just defending himself. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So I guess in that sense it's pretty high up just because there's not many others like it, but yeah. Uh, huge huge fan of uh just some of the craziness and and blunders on the fans tribe my favorite chet moment was uh actually his iconic dive uh into the water i'm not sure if you remember this but he he kind of put his arms out in a diving motion and then just like ran into the water feet first so I think I remember
1: that. I definitely didn't take note of it, but I am trying to picture it. And I'm it's yeah. hilarious from what I'm seeing. It, it's but pretty it's like incredible. Car- cartoony in my
0: head. Yep. Yep. Uh it's cartoony in real life too. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think you're gonna see that technique used in the Olympics, but uh got a good laugh
1: out of me. Oh man, those two. I don't know. Is there any? Is there? You said there's not much else like it. Is there anything else like it between those two?
0: Um, like a one-sided, someone hating the other person and just kind of shooting on them the whole
1: time. I don't know. Um, not not as not so openly or or constantly that I can. I I mean, uh, people kind of like rib coach, make fun of coach, but it's not. It's not. Well, it's never the same.
0: I have another one from Token Chains, Tyson and
1: Sierra. Oh,
0: from, from token chains is, is uh, yeah. pretty similar. I think that, one, that
1: one's close. Yeah.
0: A little more uncomfortable, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, Chet and Joel is, is the more comedic of the two. Yes.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, so they brought back exile Island for, for this one. And that's of course where the idol is hidden on the season oh yeah and i don't know if production knew how hilarious their clues were <laughs> not the clues themselves but what they made the players do it was it was like cross the water okay no go back no go back to the other side cross it again go back it was it was incredible you one have- of my
0: favorite Siri confessionals of all time she's just Reliving the experience of walking back and forth through the water about five times. She's like, Get to my second clue, gotta go back. And then she's like, Get to my fourth clue, back across the ocean. <laughs> Just bitter and sad. And oh, so good. Yeah. Through I, I know something what you else mean.
1: that. I'd have to imagine they had some idea of how it was going to play out. But I, I feel like they also thought. It was just gonna make be be hard for them physically, which which is what they wanted. Yeah. But I don't know if they if they actually realized how just how funny it was gonna play.
0: Yeah. Well, it's even funnier when you think of it outside of a game context, because like if your goal is to help someone find the idol, and you have the idol on this island, and just like randomly, you're like, you know what would be good is if we just make them do a bunch of completely pointless stuff when the entire time we could have just given them one clue to find it on the Island right when they got there.
1: Yeah. Like one, one like pretty difficult clue.
0: Yeah. Like it's just (laughs) making them walk back and forth across the water is, is the most pointless, I guess, suggestion or, or clue that they've ever done. I mean, it's, it was zero percent necessary,
1: but one hundred percent appreciated.
0: Yeah, yep. And we're all about math, so we
1: like it when it adds up. There we go. We're very thorough here. If nothing else, well, um, <laughs> one. I mean, so the idol brings up a lot of stuff. We'll get to the Jason of it all in a second here. Um, but what I what I kind of love on on a rewatch just because of how different it is is so in a in current season jeff will ask kind of broad questions about the idol like so has the talk of idols come up at camp or things something like that and now he goes so jason you are you were on exile do you find the idol <laughs> 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 uh, just zero chill and yeah. and, and i love it. it again this was early days in the idol and it only you know there there was still workshopping it um and this was only like the fourth or fifth season it was in. Um, So they're still kind of getting a feel for it. And that was only going to be two and a half or so production runs of of the idol filming two seasons per year. So, so they still don't know what they're doing um, completely, but I just love that question. It's like arguably the most val, the most valuable important piece in the game. And Jeff just does it blow up your spot. I love it.
0: Yep. Uh, I imagine that's like, the hosting version of how Jonathan Penner like tries to get information from people like just the least subtle way possible. And then he's like, well, why are you mad at me?
1: <laughs> oh, I love Penner. Penner is, is amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I like, I would actually kind of like to see Prost take that approach like now. Yeah. I think, I think it would just throw people off
0: yeah definitely would uh i mean he get he grills people pretty good at tribal still but uh yeah just in the middle of a, <laughs> like in the middle of a challenge or right before a challenge or or just yeah throw something in there that that makes you think on the spot
1: yeah like if you know if if, if someone like wins a clue to an idol so it's public knowledge that person x knows some information about where the idol is like so that clue to work out where you, you find anything like make them give a firm answer because if you ask about has the idol come up anyone can say anything and just kind of give a generic answer but if you force someone to say definitively yes or no I mean it could blow the game up but part of the part of the game is is lying and keeping your cool yeah so if Some if someone can't do it it's kind of on them for not being able to pull off a core facet of the game yeah,
0: another suggestion. The game is young. We're, we're still in the early stages.
1: Well, if you listen to Probes.
0: 40 seasons
1: 40, in. Listen to Probes. It's a dawn of a new era. Yep. Survivor Reborn. There you go. All right, so then with the idol, might as well just straight go straight to Ozzy's fake idol, which is less a fake idol and more literally a stick he worked for hours on that <laughs> which i hope wasn't it was a just exaggeration for laughs and he he hides it in the same spot and jason comes across it so i guess this is the immunity idol it's like you would guess wrong you would guess very wrong i mean aside from it looking nothing like an idol there was there was no like note or anything with it and again early days people maybe aren't thinking about that but still so many Alarm which been going off saying, Hey, dude, this is not the idol. There's 0% chance this is the idol.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what Eliza tried to tell him, but yeah, didn't. That can't didn't be that go well. well.
1: Why not? It's the fucking stick.
0: <laughs> yeah. She was right. And
1: then he plays it. And there are some, so like in Gabon, when Randy plays Bob's fake idol people are laughing at randy and it's very mean-spirited and even bob's like well this is kind of this is kind of bad and this one ozzy's just laughing because he can't believe that this hilarious plan is actually working
0: yeah yeah it's like he did it as a joke almost um like maybe as a long shot and then like it it worked out better than he ever could have imagined. Like he got like hundred and seventy-five percent effectiveness out of the
1: plan. The the only way it could have been played better, I think, is if Jason had used it on it for himself. Yeah, that would have been great. That would have been that would have been the the, the better way to, to do it. But still, you've you've got Eliza. Love Eliza. And I'm I'm very glad you prefaced it with I think this is fake, but why not play it? Good, good way to cover yourself.
0: Yeah, safe. Um, I one of my favorite things about it was like how excited she got when he told her that he had an idol, <laughs> just like that that glimmer of hope, and and you're like, wow, we're actually gonna pull this off. And then he takes it out, and it's like, what?
1: Oh, Eliza is is queen of reactions particularly like the facial expressions which mm-hmm. is on the jury but any sort of reaction to a, a big moment or surprise or someone giving you an idol that you immediately realize is actually just a piece of wood that it means nothing she she's second to none in that in those kind of situations just with the immediate reaction
0: yep perfect
1: Okay. Um, merge feast. I don't know if you remember. Um, James and the bat. Another, another bit. Just not not like it. It this one's even better because it pays off later on. Do you remember at the oh. auction.
0: Oh, that's what I, that's what I thought it was from. I thought he only got the bat at an auction.
1: No, so he he eats the bat at the merge feast, and then at the auction, Natalie buys a like a covered item Mm -hmm. and it ends up being bat soup and James just takes it. Okay. So either one on its own is great, but when you have like the buildup and then the payoff with, with, with bat as a, as a a delicacy, incredible.
0: Yeah. Well, is there such a thing as bat etiquette or is that just bananas? I think it's just bananas. I think it's
1: just bananas. There's more demand for the bananas. True. I don't think people are going to be arguing over who gets to eat the last bat on the on the bunch. (laughs) I mean, you you never know. (laughs) Uh,
0: You never know. Nope, you don't.
1: And in one of the immunity challenges, um, this is something that I actually think about more than I would care to admit. Amanda quits a challenge because she has to go to the bathroom. Wow. And I and have no one, recollection of that at and all. And it's one where you just like hold your arm above your head. Okay. Yeah. And and so like there's that one, there's the the Palau final immunity with Tom and Ian. Um the Amazon one, the peanut butter challenge where they're standing on the pole. Like I I I cannot believe that people haven't just just gone during challenges. Individual or or team. Like if you have yeah. to go like especially one like that where- Well,
0: I'm sure off camera, like the Palau one, you you had to go off camera. like, you just had to um, it. Could, maybe they're so dehydrated. They don't need to, but like, as far as like Amanda goes standing in front of everyone with your clothes on and just letting it go, I don't think is an option. Um,
1: doesn't have that winner's mentality.
0: Well, that's true. Be an athlete as uh well we won't get into that but be an athlete that's the that's the moral of the story um but yeah i i think it's a little different scenario uh yeah when you're in front of everyone and and there's not much you can do to edit that but i think it's some of the other ones that probably has happened already
1: yeah I, i still think you just gotta bite the bullet
0: well, I hope we see it sometime, but I doubt we will.
1: You hope we see it, huh?
0: Yeah. Just just for the just to see how it plays out, you know? How do people react to that? Like,
1: maybe not see it, but get confirmation that it's happening.
0: Get well, get confirmation that it's happening and deal with the aftermath.
1: Word choice is very important in a situation like like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I would be curious to see it come up again and just see it because there are tons of challenges that go on forever that that's true. I mean, and,
0: yeah, the one with uh, Christian
1: and Alec. Yep. Just out of that one. Yeah, that what? I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're really dehydrated six hours, you might not have to. But I think we talked about um, bathroom etiquette just exactly long enough. One of the so one of the um, continuing themes, I guess, if you want to call it that, in the season is Jason's just vendetta against Ozzy. Yep. Which I kind of get it because Jason anointed himself as the fate or the fans Ozzy basically, and sure he, they shared a lot of the same abilities and whatnot, but it seems like such an arbitrary reason to target somebody.
0: Yeah, it just seems to be a bit insecure. And, uh, you know, I guess the best way to take care of that is to get rid of the guy who looks better than you in every facet of the game.
1: Yes, that could do it. Like, I get it. Ozzy's a a physical threat. He's a social threat sometimes. Um, But just because he's also a good swimmer and can also climb trees and can also fish those aren't game reasons to get rid of somebody. It'd be one thing if he was using that as like leverage or like an argument to convince people to vote against Ozzy. But that's just like his own personal reasons, it seems like.
0: Yeah, it's it's very strange how uh, relentless he is in in trying to get rid of him, whether or not it's the right move. It's just, uh, so Jason, who Ozzy,
1: Ozzy. <laughs> It's the early stages of the, the fishback versus Joe Anglum on second chance. That,
0: that is true. Um, my favorite one that I thought of, it's not like they were trying to send each other home, but uh, Boston Rob and Rupert on All-Stars was, <laughs> was pretty hilarious because Rupert was like, I'm the fish guy. like you don't, you don't mess with me. I provide for this tribe. And then Rob just goes, yeah, you know, I just wanted to tell him that or show him that I could catch more fish than him. So I did it.
1: That's that's a great moment. Yeah, that that one's fantastic.
0: And Rob
1: builds better shelters than Rupert, too. Uh, yep. And that's it's been literally proven. Another another great moment, Rupert, with the. The sunken shelter, it's just going to get flooded. Oh
0: Yeah, yep. One thing, that's one thing I was not missing from this season. I, I did not need Rupert on the uh, the favorites tribe. But um, by the way, what did you, I, I don't want to get too off topic, but yeah. like as far as the term favorites goes, how do you think they did here?
1: Um, I think they did okay. It's not, I don't think it's quite as bad as like the game changers where some of the people just clearly did not fit the the mold but then you're casting a full a full cast versus just half of it um see because one of the other things is not having watched actually they look through it again it, they actually did really well um not having watched like the early seasons live i'm n- I'm not really sure how. Say like like Amy or Eliza um or anyone really came across right away like I don't yeah. I don't know if people people liked like I loved Penner from the jump but I don't know if he was beloved from Cook Islands right away or if he's just <sighs> a big character parvati yeah. kind of had a, a smaller edit than what I remember from Cook Islands yep so I, I know like production liked her and she's a good-looking woman young woman so that I'm sure didn't hurt her chances to come back. Um, And she's obviously one of the best players of all time. So that also helps a little bit. Um,
0: Yeah. Amy was the most surprising one to me of, of the whole group.
1: Yeah. That's the, that's the one that jumps out. See, I don't know if fair play, it would be a traditional quote unquote favorite, but he would be a draw.
0: Yeah. If you're doing a big group of returning players, and, and it's really like the first time you've done it since all stars. Um, he's probably one that you need to throw in there.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. It's, okay. it's kind of like the um, one of the things you hear about like Howard Stern all the time is that people who hate him tend to listen to him more than those who love him <laughs> and, and fair, fair play. It's not, it's not a perfect analogy. But I feel like fair play kind of fits that same mold where people who don't like him, they want to see him get voted out. So they're going to, they're invested to see him lose or embarrass himself, whatever they might want to see. And they're invested in not necessarily in this person winning, but in, in they're more invested in fair play losing or, yeah. or you just want to see what he does next. I mean, he pulled off still maybe the greatest lie in survivor history. Oh, um, incredible. And so you're curious, well, what's, what's he going to do for an encore? If that's what he did his first time out, what has he got cooked up now? Where, where, I think, I think the term favorites kind of skews things because it kind of puts a certain type of play in your head. But if you're just going for which group of returning players will be fun to watch and get people talking, then I think they actually did a really good job looking back on it.
0: Yeah. Or maybe the long play was uh, getting Thunder D back for the loved one's visit.
1: <laughs> I think it would have been incredible if his grandma came out, (laughs) that would have been the best. That, that would be, Oh man, that, that would rival Colby and Reed.
0: Yeah. I think it would be more iconic.
1: Iconic. Yes. More iconic, personally enjoyable.
0: Maybe not, but maybe
1: not. So depending on how you were defining the moments, but that would be, mount rushmore survivor moments for For, almost all time yep if if he had been able to pull that off that would have been just for sure fantastic it would have done him no favors for the for for his game but i I think he might have done it if he'd had the chance and that that would have been like i said amazing um but but you so other than amy that's the only one that kind of stuck out to you, is that, what you is that what i'm hearing yeah to? yeah
0: i mean i was just just curious because we've talked about it on past seasons I, I think caramel and they did a lot worse than uh than they did on micronesia for picking favorites but yeah just kind of curious what you thought there um because we were talking about the ozzy and and jason rivalry and stuff and i think um they did a good job picking the favorites and uh one other thing i wanted to mention like it's i think ozzy goes home before jason does though isn't that's right right before okay yeah. um so like jason kind of wins the battle there but overall i i think the fans were so overmatched in in this season that it it almost made it more enjoyable too in in like the joel and chet rivalry sense um where like the what I think of when I think of the fans is just like they're kind of disconnected at first. Like they they couldn't figure stuff out. There's blindsides everywhere. Like Mikey and he he thought he was doing well. He went home early. Um, Joel didn't make it super far. Chet was kind of like a laughing stock. Jason was kind of a laughing stock. Like Eric made one of the biggest blunders ever on the history of the show, Kathy quit like it. It really, when you look at it, it didn't go super well for them. Uh, but in in the Jason versus Ozzy case, great job, Jason. You got him.
1: <laughs> I guess if you're not going to win the game, you take whatever victories you can get, I suppose. <laughs> yes. Right, but you alluded to one moment, which we'll, we'll get to that maybe at the end or near the end, because that's going to be. That's kind of what makes the season to, an extent, yep. to a point. Yeah. Um, one more thing about, about the auction, just because Eric pays $40 to lick chocolate cake off of Siri's <laughs> fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I forgot that that happened. I didn't know you could do that. Oh, well,
1: 2008, different time.
0: I just mean, like, is it in the auction rules?
1: I think... I think Probst has gone on record saying that to whatever, to whatever extent they can, they let the players make their own rules. Okay. That's why he's, that's why he's open to negotiations. He's open to um, like in, is it South Pacific where they strike a deal on the reward challenge to take the sandwiches versus like the rest of the rice and the other tribe, um, which which is how how the game evolves is you let the players have some agency and obviously this isn't going to be any sort of game-changing move or have any sort of ripping effects across the the show as a whole but he does he probes and production do give the players a lot of freedom to kind of direct the game as as they will yeah
0: random random notes um same thing happened in the next fans versus favorites season with Cochran and Sherry, I believe. Um,
1: oh yeah. he's he
0: like licking peanut butter off of her fingers and, and Probst goes Cochrane, come on. How often does that happen? And he goes more often than you think.
1: <laughs> so we love Cochrane that quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so Micronesia is also who we have to thank or blame, but now you think about it, um, for every single season hereafter with people worried about a woman's Alliance. Cause that this is the, true. This is the only time that it, that it, a true women's Alliance has actually worked the black widow brigade, black widow brigade. Similar to the witch's coven in Cambodia. although they were a little, one world, little, one they were world short lived. That doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> for a few reasons. Um, but Suri, Parvati, Amanda, Natalie, I mean, they held it down and they, they ran it. And now I don't think that it was where women let's work together. I think that's probably part of it, but they're all f- smart players. And if if they if you realize that Group A is better for your game than Group B, you go with Group A. And I feel like they all they all realize that for different reasons. You know, was smarter for some. You know, I don't know. I don't know that Natalie increased her chances at winning the game by going in a group with Parvati and Seree. True. I think she guaranteed herself a higher finish but if she had gone against them she probably would have had a better chance to win the game and but i don't know if she if she realized that or how she was thinking about her spot in the game maybe i mean the that the 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 terrible person from south pacific who gets third who shall go go nameless he thought he won the game he was convinced of it even during tribal he still thought he was going to win the game and he stood zero chance So I don't know if Natalie had a little poor perception on herself in the game. Um, But I I think in terms of, can you win the game with this group? She probably was the, had the least benefit of, of going with that, with that core. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. I, uh, a lot, a lot's gone through my head. I mean, so you said it's like the, the only example of when, of when an when all women's alliance has worked. Um
1: like like to for a long term like the only one I can that I can think of, you know, because like like the um Kelly, Sierra, and I'm blanking on who it was in in Cambodia. They had they had like a few days or like a week or so where they kind of had some success, but I think they were so far down of the numbers that it didn't quite hold much much power after the fact but this one i mean those those four were what, for the final five yeah and they, and, and yeah. they, they held it down well, yeah they yeah, did no, they were the final four
0: yep yeah and, and alexis yeah. was in there too um and i think yeah it was just she went before eric but uh yeah i mean when it, it kind of goes to show how strong and threatening this alliance was in that it keeps getting brought up season after season just because like they they were a force like this this was not something that that you could beat
1: yeah yeah they 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 crushed it, you know, and it's become super annoying. <laughs> These seasons where they see like two women talking, like, oh, it's gonna be a women's alliance. It's like, maybe, maybe not. Like, they just, there's people just jump to that, I mean, yeah. And people, people will cling to any reason to vote, yeah, people out, yeah. I think that's what
0: it is because, like, there's you hear it a lot too about, like, yeah, we got to break up the guys, and like, it's it goes both ways. Um, like you said, I think yeah more than anything people are just kind of looking for a reason to deflect the target away from themselves so um this is just a very convenient point uh, or a convenient example to point to in in that like well look what could happen
1: yep all right we're almost to the big moment um amanda's idol play the the actual plane of the idol wasn't isn't what i want to talk about but Honestly, the the way they edited it together is what I really, really liked. And they showed this the, – the kind of the recent example I can think of is with Dan in um, David versus Goliath. They show him looking for it, and then he pulls it out, and then he kind of tells you how he found it. Um, here you see Amanda looking for it, but you don't know if she found it or not, heading to the tribal. And you know she's the target, or at least you assume she's the target. And then she does indeed take the idol out to play it to save herself, and I I really really liked that really small editing choice is leave the fans in the dark because you because I guess you know if she has it she's gonna play it so there's much less suspense or no suspense at all if you go into tribal knowing she has the idol because she's gonna play it of course um, but going in with that little extra sense of doubt just added a little a little more oomph to that to that tribal council.
0: Yeah, how have they not done this since then? Because this scenario presents itself like kind of a lot.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. Um I think my my guess would be that there's so many other advantages and idols are more prevalent and people have gotten so smart about playing around an idol where if like in, in season 30 or 40, whatever it might've been, if Amanda was in that same position, they might've assumed, let's say she has an idol. Let's make her think it's her. She'll play it. We'll vote for somebody else. She'll waste her idol. We'll vote on next time. That there's so many other possibilities that could happen with the idol. That it was, yeah. it was so black and white in this case. it was, Amanda has the idol. She's going to play the idol. Amanda does not have the idol. She's getting voted out. That'd be my guess at least. Okay. But, yeah. but but you do have a point that it can still work. It can still work. Even if you, if you don't know if they play or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of times where someone knows they're on the chopping block and they go look for an idol and you know, I, I just think, like if they wanted to, in general, they could mix up the the idol hunts a lot better than they do. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, interesting to think about. I'd like to see,
1: I'd like to see them do that in this new age, this new era. That's one of the areas that I think the show has a lot of room to grow without really having to change the game itself like props can talk about making the game harder, toughening the conditions, whatever he wants to do. But if, if they find little different tricks with production and things like that, that can add a whole new feel to the game as well. That's part of why David versus Goliath works so well. Aside from just the all-star cast, which they just knocked out of the park. Thank, thank the heavens for that one that, um, you can do different tricks with confessionals or how you show idol hunts or how you edit together conversations that the game plays exactly as it always has. Then you just presented in a different way without having to deceive the audience either. Cause like we weren't deceived with Amanda's thing. It's not, that they showed her picking up a package and putting it into her pocket. And then it ended up being like a pack of like food or something like that, that just didn't, have any relevance it was yours left in the dark and sometimes it, sometimes it pays for the viewers to not know every little piece of information you need to know enough to know what's happening in the game but when it's going to be revealed three minutes later there's really no harm in giving that a shot yeah yeah okay do we want to talk about eric or do you want to skip that come back to it and talk about the single worst question in final tribal council history.
0: Uh yeah, le- well let's let's get the question out of the way.
1: Uh, so our, our good friend Natalie at the final tribal council decides to ask she talks about poverty being, you know, a flirt and and all of that. And asked her how that pays off at home in the bedroom.
0: Uh, the word actually was resonate. How does that resonate? I mean, to which poverty would be equally confused?
1: It's everyone is so confused. She she like laughs poverty like laughs about it, and probes asks, "Do you know what she's looking for?" And I think she said, "No." <laughs> like, <laughs> It's, I I don't know what to say. It's to this day, I've watched, I've watched this season two or three times. I've watched that clip several times more. I have no idea how, how that could have sounded in her head, what she thought. Yes, I get one question. That's what I'm going to ask this. This is the one, this is the gold one.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll conjure up a theory here. Um, I think that it was like, like Natalie kind of had a thing for Parv, and uh, this was like her last gasp to uh, let her know, like, hey, I'm in if you're in. That that's my guess. That's my guess.
1: That's that's what I thought. I was like, if I mean, talk about shooting your shot in the boldest way possible yeah. if that's what was happening. Um, which I don't know if I respect that for the boldness or hate it because it happened in a, like the most important part of the game <laughs> and was not the place for it. Maybe a little uh, of both, but again, that's I love that we both had the same thought, but I have no idea if that, yeah. if that was true. That's that's definitely how it plays. If you're watching it, that's how it plays to at least a a, a percentage of it.
0: Yeah, it's like the jumbotron proposal of final tribal questions. You're like, here.
1: (laughs) So I'm I'm looking it up on. Do you know Do you know this? I think I've showed you the funny 115.
0: Oh yeah, been through the whole thing.
1: Yeah, and he's got the reaction. Your reaction shots of the jury. James just giving a little look to the sky. Um, Eliza's doing her <laughs> look, and then and then um, the, the Amanda, <laughs> uh, so invested, so invested. E- even Probst has no idea what's, <laughs> what's happening. Um, so I know this isn't great for, for audio, but um, for those of you that don't know, the funny 115 is. Just like a, a, user, I don't I, can't, I wish I knew, I remember what his name was. Mario Lanza, Mario Lanza. Um, and he just compiles 115. He has a few series of them. Hilarious survivor moments. There's big
0: production value. A lot <laughs> of money went into this site. <laughs>
1: there, there was four or five volumes, I believe. And it's incredible. And so if you just search like Natalie Bolton, funny 115 should come up. Um, there, there's gold in there. Nobody has any idea how to react. I'm just reading through to see if I, I missed anything. Yeah. So how does being the flirt parallel to your intimate life? I mean, I, I do wonder on that one if there's more that got answered that they just cut. Or was there more that they
0: talked about that wasn't shown in the edit while well, they were both still in the game? And this is like a follow up on that.
1: I don't know. I, I would say no to that because nobody knows yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were and, all surprised. Unless Parvati was trying to play it off like she didn't know but I I'd have to imagine Natalie had something different in mind and that, and it came out poorly. That's my guess. I'm going to give her the the benefit of the doubt, but that, that question is just, I, I still think it holds up as the, the single worst legitimate question is, I mean, it's still better than any pick a number question. Yeah. Um, But if, Of anyone who's trying to ask an actual question, I think that goes down as the worst. Yeah. All right. That brings us then. And now we're in to Eric and his individual immunity. One of, I mean, in a season full of iconic moments, and we talked about the fake idol, Natalie's question. This takes the cake as potentially the most iconic moment in the show's history. Yeah. I don't have moments. a list. I don't have a list prepared. Um, but I'd have a hard time arguing against anyone who wants it as at that number one spot. It's on the Mount Rushmore.
0: Yep. With for at sure. The very least. Yep. Yep. For sure on Mount Rushmore with Fairplay's grandma. Um I, I mean uh it, it's not just the moment but like the episode, you know, like the is it the most iconic episode ever of Survivor?
1: Maybe Borneo premiere or finale. Yeah. If we're talking iconic, just because of what it meant for the yeah. for the show. Um maybe like all stars premiere as well. Okay. Yeah. Iconic is tough because you could Think about it in so many different ways, but it's yeah. up there. But if I guess if just isolated episode. If you're talking best episodes, it's it's up there. Usually, it's usually it's. I feel like it's a merge episode. Like if you think of um, Ghost Island, the merge episode was fantastic.
0: Oh, unbelievable! Loved so it.
1: much chaos can happen when at the merge that it. If you have the right mixture of, of players and opposing alliances. It can it can make for gold. Um, we talked about Tony and the extortion episode in, that, in, win- yeah. in Winners at War, um, but this one, I honestly think it plays better. Watching it, knowing what happens, because you can watch it with a completely different eye, and just see how they're laying the groundwork, and getting into trying to get into Eric's mindset over how we could think that would be a good idea knowing that he ultimately does do it because when i when i first watched it i was like oh he's not gonna do that like that's no like they're wasting all this air time something that's never gonna happen because he's not that stupid and then he does it and you're shocked absolutely sh- shell-shocked and then rewatching it you can kind of sit back and view it from a different lens i don't know if you feel the same way but i thought that on the rewatch, it was It played a lot differently, but I thought a lot better.
0: Yeah, I think I like it more on the rewatch too. Um, and obviously, you directed me to the article, you know, where they're all reliving that day or the two days kind of leading up to uh to Eric's decision there. Yep, and Dalton Ross
1: at Entertainment Weekly did a huge oral history, I think in 2019, um, on. On this episode, in this moment, and he talked to all the women. Talked to Eric. Talked to um, Matt Van Wagner, and I think one of the EPs. I think talked to Probst. um, A lot of people who are obviously directly involved, and some great insight. And Eric comes off fantastic in the article. Yeah. Yep. He, uh, just fantastic about his perspective now, and 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 the girls do too. Um, there was it was presented in the episode kind of as them to to an extent at times bullying him into giving it up it seemed like um and and they kind of acknowledged that that they they kind of felt bad you know like looking back on seeing it play out that they didn't realize how it was coming off and that yes they're in game mode but they did feel kind of bad about kind of what they were saying to him to make him make it happen um but it, it was it was refreshing seeing everyone have like everyone involved have such a mature, reasonable take on it. So many years later,
0: yeah. Um, and and after reading that, I found it even more enjoyable. Uh, kind of rewatching it, knowing what was going through all their heads at the time. So there's a lot of different perspectives you can have. Um, Going into and while you're watching the episode, how I went into it, because I, I obviously am watching this, I don't know, 10, 15 years after the fact for the first time. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my co-workers would he'd, he'd give me like little teasers for what to expect in the seasons that I was watching. And he was like hyping up just one of the most insane moves or like one of the dumbest moves um that you'll ever see he'll be like you'll you'll be shocked when this happens like you'll like you won't believe it and um I thought that it was Jason giving the stick to Eliza (laughs) and and her playing it and I was like wow yeah that was pretty funny and then you get a few more episodes in and like you kind of see it unfolding and you're like, no, this can't, this can't be it. Like, this is not what he was talking about. And it was,
1: I mean, even, even Natalie says who would fall for this. I feel stupid just listening to this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, well, how it was originally pitched was was my favorite part where like they're trying to figure out how to get rid of him. And Sari is just like, you think Eric would give up the necklace? It is just like an idea that's just floated out into the universe. Yeah. It's all it took. Yeah.
1: So. And then I mean they went about it perfectly. They 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 peppered him with it, but they didn't like beat him over the head with it. They would talk to him, give him time to think about it, talk to him again, let him think on it, send different people at him different, you know, different angles. I mean, it's it's arguably the greatest collaborative move mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. You know, their, you know, Denise's move against Sandra might be better on an individual basis, but to get four people working together to pull it off so seamlessly, yeah, it's I, I don't I don't know what could beat it.
0: Low key, uh, the Brochacho blindside. Uh, I know it hasn't it hasn't been okay. enough yeah, it hasn't been given enough time to age properly, but uh, I, a lot of people had to had to be involved for that to go right. Um, but I, that could be just because I, I popped into David versus Goliath for a little bit yesterday. Um, but yeah, this was like I, I think collaboratively, yes, um, still the best. Uh, time will tell, but but yeah.
1: One thing that will make this one hard to beat is that the four of them didn't have anything to use aside from their wit and smarts and, and social yeah. skills. They didn't have their own idol or an extra vote or anything else. They had to take an advantage from somebody. And by taking, I mean they had to convince him to willingly give up an advantage that he, that he already had to protect himself. And they had nothing else to work with. That, that's that's where that it's gonna make that one super hard to top at any point because like you, like you said it's just a, a pure move
0: yeah I mean just all it's all skill like people skills and um, yeah very very impressive I, I liked also uh, one of my <laughs> one of my favorite parts about it was like they're trying to decide how to pitch it to him and Natalie just goes up to him and she goes okay okay hear me out. This is going to sound crazy. Like, just, just give me a chance though. And he's like, okay. And she goes, you give me your necklace. And he's like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I, I mean, he was just so set. Like his gut told him right away, don't do this. No chance. And then they just made it happen. Just determination.
1: I mean, that easily could have been the end of it. Right there. Yeah. I think I think they've done studies that like your gut feeling is right. Yep. Like an I don't want to quote a number and be wrong, but it's like an overwhelming percentage of the time. Your gut instinct is usually correct. And it potentially cost Aaron, Eric a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it might have. I mean again, it's no guarantee he would have made it to the end or that he even would have beaten both poverty and and Suri or whoever else might've been there, but just the young kid. Yeah. That One is my... what
0: you call a life lesson.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Where is is it wisdom from the host himself? One of my favorite parts about it all though, is the, f- so the first and so far only time they've ever done this is they show each vote as it's being cast. Yep. Every single, every <laughs> single vote. And, if there was ever time to do it, they picked the perfect time to do it. Yeah. And, and I, I love it. I yeah. love it. Perfect.
0: They're all, I mean, all of the confessionals were, were great too. Um, Cerise was perfect for, she's like, you can't always beat him with this or like with this or this, but you can always beat him with this. And she points to her head. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, the delivery on that but you all get the point
1: well it is the great Surrey fields I think no, no one can it, do it, it, it yeah. would have no one botched. can do it like yep. Surrey.
0: Um, but yeah and and parv just said like some vicious thing like you will go down as the dumbest survivor ever or something
1: like that she in in that article um, that Douglas article she mentions that specifically that she feels bad about that because it came off way more vicious than she meant yeah. it to be because it was more like, uh James is no longer the, the dumbest. Like that's that's what it meant to be. Okay. And then, but then it came off like she was just ripping him a new one for being, <laughs> yeah. which move. was also funny. Which, but... which was fair, probably. But, um, and again, another reason to kind of respect it that she kind of did realize how the impact and not quite match the intent there, but that she yes. recognized that and own up to it. Um, but yeah, the whole the whole moment you know, my minor gripes with, with it all. You know, people are going to come up as mean and vindictive in Survivor. And if it, if a little bit social manipulation results in a move like this, happy to have it. Yep, for sure. All right, anything else to cover e- either on that moment or the season as a whole? We got a little bit of a second um, chance to go over, but...
0: Yeah, I... Just a couple notes on the season, so um, you know, this was. I'm I'm a huge Suri fan, and um, you know, on my list of favorite players, she is uh, well, two of the top three were on this season is her and, and Parvati, um, coach number one, but uh, yeah, Suri is number two right now, and this was like this the continuation of just like hard luxury where, um, you know, her first season she made it one vote away from final tribal. And then this season it's like, Oh, final three, here we go.
1: Yeah. And they, then they thought it was the final three.
0: Yep. And then just take it, take it away from just, just yank the win out of her hands. Um, and I was going to ask you, if it was Sari versus Parvati, who do you think would have won? Or or if it was a final three, who do you think would have won?
1: Um, that – I should have known you are going to ask this, and I should have been met- better prepared to ask or to answer. Um, final – I mean, fi- final three is probably – the easiest one to go over. Cause that's what it would have been. Cause I don't know that three would have made a final, a final two anyway. Um, or I wish mean, didn't make the final two. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Let's go final. Yeah. Three
1: then. Um, look at the votes here. So Suri voted for poverty. So there's, there's four, three Natalie was for sure voting for poverty. Um, Ozzy was going to vote Amanda no matter what. Yep. He was in love. That's another super annoying jury jury moment. Like, dude, it's a game.
0: <laughs> Don't make this about you, Aziz.
1: Um Eric and James for the other, other Amanda votes. I could see either or both of them voting Siri instead. Um, Jason, Eliza, Alexis... Oh man, I still, I think poverty still probably would have won, but I could see a 3-3-1, right? No, that's not enough votes. There's eight votes. Oh yeah, it should be seven votes. Yeah, a Mm 3-3-1 vote and we we might've gotten our first tie 20, 20 seasons earlier. Okay. Um, but I think it would have been close. I I think um I think I'd still probably get the edge to poverty, but I just think Amanda's I don't think enough of Suri or poverty's votes could go to Suri. I think Amanda's I don't think it would help Amanda's chances because she would need to you need to swing votes from yeah, I... from poverty. I think she'd get third.
0: Yep, I I agree there. I think that um, ugh, man, I think Parv did a lot of of stuff that that upset people. I think Suri had a little less blood on her hands, but that's that's the thing
1: is is do you vote emotionally or do you vote on whose game you respect more? If you vote emotionally, you probably lean Seree. Yeah. If well, you vote other- on if you vote on game, I feel like. If you voted for Amanda over poverty, you probably wouldn't vote for Ceree over poverty.
0: Okay. Because um, the other thing, too, is that like where, where poverty won, I think was at Final Tribal because Amanda really had nothing, um, you know, and then Parv kind of owned what she did. And I mm-hmm. think that if you throw Sri in there, Ceree. More than anyone can make a really, really good case for herself.
1: True, and, very true.
0: Um, unfortunately, is something that we haven't gotten to see. We've gotten very, very close a few times, and um, I, I doubt we will, we will ever get a chance. But uh, yeah, I would, I would probably lean Suri if it was a final three. But um, yeah, hard to say.
1: Yeah, I think I'd probably lean four to one. Poverty, Surrey Man- I think Amanda keeps Aussies, but then loses Eric and James's votes. Although well, James is tough too. Man, that's tough to think about because poverty and Surrey both played so well.
0: Yeah. Oh well. Let's uh let's leave it to the imagination. Good call.
1: All right. So second chance. This is our last second chance option. Um, because next week we have our top ranked season, which of course no suspense now is heroes versus villains. Um but second chance. As strong, so as we didn't really talk about the the fa- the fan cast too much. As strong as the favorites were, the f- the fans, I thought left a little to be desired. Yep. Um so um Eric comes back again later on. Um I think Natalie and Alexis, I would take again. I think I think they spoke to Natalie about Hewitt versus Villains, but I can't remember if she declined or she, or she got cut maybe near the end um but there's, so there's been some interest, interest in bringing her back um Jason could could be fun um and the wild card for me is Joel okay <laughs> because he's not someone that that I'd want to have around for a long time cuz he seems to be just such like a negative energy and I'd be curious if his entertainment came from just the 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 butting heads with Chet or if he would actually have those kind of funny moments. Cause he's a funny, goofy guy. I don't know if is the right word, but uh, if he's, if he's got that kind of humor in him or if he needs like an adversary or he didn't have someone he could kind of go against, he would just be this big hulking guy who's kind of a jerk.
0: Yeah. Uh, tough to think about. Um, so I- I'd, I'd
1: probably stick with just Alexis, Natalie and Jason.
0: Okay. See, that's sounding good to me. Um, Natalie, I would probably put first on the list, Um, but I might move Jason into second. I think more for like, it'd be be better for nostalgia than anything else. I don't think he's going to really provide too much as far as gameplay goes, but like,
1: he's kind of a silly guy. He'd he'd had some fun to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And for overall, like enjoyable content, I think, yeah, I think he'd be fun. Um, it'd be fun to see him again, and uh, he'd maybe get the biggest reaction out of me as far as returning people goes. Outside of Natalie, um, the only, like I'll throw a different one in there. Um, I thought I thought Mikey showed up really wanting to play, and uh, like didn't make it super far, but strategy wise, I think he would be fun to throw in there. Um, I just don't think anyone would really remember him super well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't last super long in the games so that, that would probably play into it, but I don't think he really did much to make his mark. Like he, he seemed to have a decent feel for the game. Like I said, he was there and really wanted to, to play and was playing hard, but there wasn't much he did to kind of really put a stamp on it.
0: Yeah, didn't didn't like form any memorable alliances, just uh, yeah, I was trying to figure it out for himself, but not not someone I need to see, but just to just to th- throw another name in the hat. Um, that would be my third, I guess. Sure,
1: sure. All right. So we got another episode before we get into that second chance casting. and That's going to be Interesting. Digging through 100 plus names probably to get a cast of 20. Yep. Um, um, but so next week, like I said, we've got our top ranked season heroes versus villains. Shouldn't be any surprise there in most countdowns. HvV is probably going to be one, two, three, four, five, maybe. Someone probably got lower than that, but I don't know if I want to meet that person. Um, so we'll get into all that the the Russell and Rob, the Sander two-time winner, Coach and Tyson, JT, so much to talk about there, and then we'll probably do a little bit of a of a wrap up on the see the ranking countdown as a whole, um, and we'll probably discuss our second chance. You know how we're going to cast that. So when we get it, when we do that one, we can just kind of get right into it. Because I'll probably take a little bit of time to get through. Um, but again. Survivor 41 is virtually right around the corner. Compared to what We've been waiting through. Um, so again, we'll make sure to keep everybody updated with our coverage plans for that. We'll for sure do something, hoping to keep the same publishing schedule. But again, got time to kind of figure that out if anything needs to change. Um, but to make sure you don't miss anything, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is at Llama Talk pod, Instagram is talking llama pod. And make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you listen, we're going to be there. We're Jared Sundin. This is Matt Hambage. And we'll see you next time for another Scoop of the Crispy.